Well, let me extend my own welcome and hello. My name is Eric. I have the privilege of serving as the campus pastor here at our Downers Grove branch, and we have had quite a month. Uh, we have been in a series that we've called The Way, learning and considering what it means to live the way <clears throat> of Jesus. And perhaps by now, especially if you've been with us for several weeks, you have memorized one of those verses that Drake read for us, John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except <clears throat> excuse me, through me. And during this series, we've asked a question. We said, could the way Jesus lived his life actually reveal some truth that leads to life, <clears throat> a good life, that abundant life, that overflowing life that transcends whatever our circumstances are, but it's good. It's good. So often I find the most profound things come in the most simple. And the very first week, we looked at this exchange between Alice and the cat and Alice in Wonderland. Kids, were you here then? Does anyone remember that? Any adults, do you remember that? <laughs> here's, here's how the conversation goes. Alice says, would you tell me, please, which way I ought to walk from here? The cat says, well, that depends a good deal on where you want to go. I don't much care where. Then it doesn't matter much which way you walk. During this series, we've talked about closing the gap between the life that we're living right now and the life that we could be living, the kind of life that God intends for us, the, the good life characterized by the way of Jesus. And as we come to this final message, the question that is going to be before us is which way will I go? Which way will I commit myself from here? And I hope like Alice, we're not going to say, I don't much care where. We're going to focus on the second half of that theme verse for us out of John 14. And it's really that second part that says, no one comes to the Father except, say it with me, through me, Jesus says, through me. We're going to talk about what that means and what it means for the way that we go from here. You know, over the years, I've had the privilege to walk <clears throat> and journey with many, many people um, in various churches and various states. Some of them, a lot of them have been in small groups. Some of them have been one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I've worked with middle schoolers and high schoolers. I've worked with men. I've journeyed with couples and families. I've with those younger and those, we'll just say older. I feel like I'm, my seasons are changing, so older is different to me now than it was a little while ago. But one of the things I've noticed in the lives of the people that I've had the privilege to journey with, and even in myself, um, they're comes a time when, when we just seem to grow, where, where, we're, where our lives are transforming at maybe a more rapid rate than, than the way we've been trying to go. And what I've noticed is there's a shift of perspective that happens. There's a change of mind, a change of heart that happens for some or many. And when that happens, it's like a whole world, it's like a switch is being turned on. And light is now thrown into the way, the path of where we're going, and we can see where we're going and it makes all the difference in the world. And I've also seen when that switch doesn't go on, uh, the kind of life we live when we really do desire, we want to live this Christian life, we want to live like Jesus, all the language that we use, and so we, 
we try to do it. We try to gain the life that we keep hearing that God wants us to have, um, but we're doing it ourselves. We're really applying our effort to try to do it, and so we try to say the right things and do the right things and be the right person and put the right habits and the right rhythms, and we work, work, work with sometimes all of our might. And sometimes we kind of forget, maybe we're not working hard at it at all, because we want that life, and we want to close that gap, but when it's all our own effort, when it's all our own strength, we're doing what I would call gap management, Gap management, and here's how it works. It, so we, we have this sense of kind of renewal, so we're going to try harder. And we really have good intentions to try harder. And so we'll go for a little while, whether it's you know, something we're trying to apply to our life, but then we'll fall a little short. Sometimes we might fail miserably. But we'll fall a little short, and, but all the striving out of our own effort with all the other things going on in life, it, it tends to get a little tiring, we can get fatigued, exhausted, just trying to live this good life. Sometimes we even feel like we want to quit along the way. <clears throat> and then we'll have that little nudge. We'll have that sense of guilt. And it's not a bad guilt. It's, it's almost like God tapping us on the shoulder saying, like, follow me. I've got this abundant life for you. I, I want you to experience it. So we'll rally again and we'll try harder. And then we fall short. We get tired, and around and around we go until sometimes we're just like, oh, maybe I'll just go to church and that'll be good enough. Or we'll go another lap around really wanting to live this life that we believe God's called us to, but it takes so much time and energy. You know, it's interesting. John Ortberg wrote this great book called The Me I Want to Be. And in there, he has a line. He says, Jesus does not come to rearrange the outside of our life the way we want. I would say it this way. Oftentimes, we, we build our lives, and then we say, God, will you please bless it? I've built it. I've done all these things. Like, just please bless what I'm doing right now. John would go on to say, no, Jesus comes to rearrange the inside of our life the way God wants it. And when it happens on the inside, it flows to the outside. Now, don't get me wrong. Does, do we want to be intentional with our journey? Yeah. Do we need to bring our effort and energy? And, you know, Jesus says, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're, we're to invest. The question is, I think the crux is, but by whose power are you using to do that? And what's so natural to us, especially as Americans, individuals, pull yourself up by your bootstrap, don't rely on anyone, don't show your weakness, is to try to do it all ourselves. And when we do that, we miss a greater power. In fact, we miss the greatest power that's ever been given that actually is within us when we tap into it and when we tap into that greater power, laying down maybe our own strength and power and letting God's power work through us, Amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. To be a person of the way, and if you remember, I think it was the second week we talked about the early church, that they weren't called Christians in the book of Acts. Nine different times we see that they were called people of the way. And I love that, that, that phrase, that descriptor, that when people saw the followers of Jesus in the early church, they said, oh, there's some of those people of the way. To be a person of the way is to walk the way of grace with Jesus. 
almost as if he's carrying us. It's not I'm holding hands with Jesus, walking this way of grace. It's, it's more like Jesus says, hop on my back. I'm going to give you a piggyback because you know what? You can't actually go to wait and I'm going to go like, I need to carry you there. And so we let someone else take the load and just carry us where we need to go. That's the way of grace. And because the reality is we cannot close that gap. And we think we can. We will try to, you know, and we want to bring our effort into it, but that will only get us so far and there's so much more to go. But Jesus says, I can take you there. I will close the gap. That's the amazing thing about grace is that God has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves, no matter how hard we try. See, there's a difference between a saving relationship with God, and so often our gospel goes something like this, believe in Jesus, come into a relationship with God so that you can go to heaven when you die. And while that's true, you're just kind of left to say, well, what happens in the middle? Just try to be good, like, I'm in, right? So I'm okay, so then like, what does, how do I do the rest of life? And I think when we do that, we miss the point that, yeah, we do want to be in relationship with God, but that just begins this amazing journey of where we go, living in the way of grace with him. John Ortberg would later write, God's plan is not just to be saved by grace, but it is to live by grace, to live in grace, moment by moment of our lives, and grace has a flow to it. It's a uh, it, it, there's motion, there's a rhythm to the grace of God, to his spirit, to his will working in our creation and in our lives. It, it's, it's like a river. How many of you are canoers, kayakers, have tubed, rafted? How many have done any of those activities? Let me ask you something. It's kind of fun, right, when you can just kind of chill and the, the stream is taking you, the current is taking you where you want to go. But have you ever tried to... Grow, row across a river that's moving? Does it work so well? Do you even get to where you're trying to get to? Or how about going the other way, going upstream? Have you ever tried to row a canoe or a raft or something upstream? I did this once. We were on a rocking canoe trip. I know some of the students and even kids have been on rocking canoe with our fourth and fifth graders. Well, I mean, we had like 80 of them in canoes going down uh, a river in Wisconsin, and I get word from one of the guys, guides that said, we think one of your campers has not made it. They're, they're still upstream. And I was like, oh. it turned out to be Dave Melvin's daughter, so don't repeat this story. He's one of our staff back at Christ Church of Oak Brook. So I've got two fourth graders in my canoe, and I said, all right, I said, all right man, we got to row. And so, I mean, we were going and going, and I looked at the shoreline, because I saw water move, and I'm like, wow, we're doing this. And the shore was not moving, because <laughs> the river was going this way, we were going this way, but we were gaining no ground whatsoever. You know, I've learned this lesson of the flow of the stream, kind of like God's grace through fly fishing. It's one of my kind of hobbies, joys, um, but a good fly fisherman has to understand the river the stream, and position themselves in such a way so that when they make those casts and that fly lands just like, a, like a, a natural little fly in the water, it will flow effortlessly. 
down the stream like as if it was supposed to be there all along. But if you don't position yourself right and you cast and, and the water starts pulling your line faster, that fly drags across the water. Or, or if you don't put it in the right place, the fly might go down, but your line is still dragging back behind and it's called drag. And if you have any drag on your fly, anything that's unnatural, anything that's not working in perfect harmony with the flow of that stream, the fish just watch it go by. And you're not really fishing at that point, you're just casting and watching this bug float down the water. But when you do it just right, and it lands soft and it just flows down the stream, then you're fishing. But that's the task, is to bring yourself into the stream in such a way that you're so naturally in the flow, it's like it was supposed to be there all along. You see, the flow of grace, the way of grace actually has a name. Can you guess what that name is? Yeah, it's on the screen, right? And plus, that's always the right answer when we're in church, for the most part, Bible, church. I learned all those answers early on. You know, but, it, but it's, it's Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You're, you're not going to make it down the stream except through me, letting the current of my life flow so effortlessly in yours that they actually become one. And when that happens, it's an amazing ride all the way down but it's through my power and my guidance that you actually find the joy and the life that you most want. Several weeks ago, I talked about how our language has maybe frustrated or even created barriers to how we talk about things like church and faith. Were you here for that? Remember we talked about church as a noun, like as if it's a thing? We say like, what time does your church start? Or where is your church located? Boy, I like going to Christ Church Downers Grove. But you see, that language makes it a thing when really it should be a verb, an action word, right? If we're people of the way, then, then we're, a, we're worshiping, we're serving, we're giving. Like, we are the church. And our language takes, leads us somewhere different. And I think it's true when we think about the way of Jesus and trying to go his way, we'll say things like, I want Jesus in my life. That sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? I want Jesus in my life. But I think maybe what we're wanting to express is, I so desperately want my life in Jesus. Or I want God to be with me. Instead of saying, Lord, may I stand in the flow of your will. As Jesus says, not my will, but yours be done. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or we might say, golly, I just need to do better. I need to be something more. I need to do more. Instead of saying, God, thank you that I can live into what you've already declared true of me. You see, we stand before our king, forgiven, righteous, God has given us this life inside of us, and it's not us trying to strive to, 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 to live it all out by ourselves. It's, it's already there. God just says, start living into what is already true of you. That's the switch. And when people make that switch, it's the, it's the power switch of like, oh, 
it's just a different operating system that we begin moving out of. We can still be intentional. We want to connect ourselves into the stream or whatever it is at just the right way, but, but we know where the power is coming from. We know where the life source is coming from. And, and when that switch goes on, all of a sudden, some of these great Bible words begin to really, I think, deepen in our lives. Words like repent, that first ver- verse that Drake read. Jesus says, the time has come. Repent and believe. Stop rowing against the current. You're not going to get anywhere. Stop. Just turn the other way. Let, let your canoe swing and let the river of God's power and love and grace, who is Jesus in your life, let it take over and you will find life. Follow me, Jesus said. Follow me. It wasn't just a, like a follow the leader. It was basically let my life become yours. Put your life in mine. Trust in me in that way. Go, do, be what I am and what I'm doing. That's what it meant to follow me. But to do that, you couldn't keep going your way. You had to go his way. Or surrender. I mean, surrender is at the heart of all of this. When we finally let go, it doesn't mean we stop. But we lay down so that we can align our lives to a higher authority or king or Lord that now gets to speak in and shape of all of life for the people. Or Jesus in John 15 says, abide in me. He says, I I am the vine, you are the branches. I'm the root system, I'm the trunk. You get, you're just, you're hanging out here like this, but if you remain connected to that source, you're gonna bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Good, you're reading your Bibles. But a tree that's lost its, a limb that's lost its connection, it's like uh, when Dr. Shield preached, he said it was like the guy with the shriveled hand. It was shriveled, remember he was doing that? It's like a shriveled hand. It's lifeless. It's not going to produce any goodness. So stay connected to me. Position yourself in me. Let my life totally envelop yours. And watch the life that can pour out. For me, I just wrap it all up in this word of commitment. We're called to commit our way to Jesus. To Jesus. You know, for some of you, this is not new news. Some of you have been on this journey perhaps a long time, um, for maybe a few years, for many of you, maybe many decades. And so you've understood God's grace has come into your life, and there's been times when you've moved just so effortlessly with him, and you've seen him grow amazing fruit in your life. There's other times where maybe you worked against it a little bit, but you know the flow of God's grace in your life. For others of you, this could be brand new. Brand new, maybe you're just exploring it, or maybe you're just at the beginning of the journey, but you're, there's something just pulling you to go deeper with God. That's awesome. Whether you've been on the journey for a long time or just beginning, friends, what we're talking about is the most foundational part of our faith life. You never get away from the foundations. I learned this playing baseball. When I was T-ball, six and seven years old, the coach would line us up and hit ground balls. Right, A lot of you have experienced that or you've coached kids doing that and so you do ground balls and you try to you know, show them where to put their hands and the position and, and you do it for 10 or 15 minutes because that's all six or seven-year-olds can handle. Then they're you know, kicking each other and throwing rocks at each other and not me, but other kids you know, when they're six and seven. Well, then I journeyed on and I took a lot of ground balls throughout the years and I found myself 
wearing New York Yankee pinstripes in spring training, and guess what we did? Ground balls, right at us. You know, coach would, you know, he would make sure everything was right, ground balls left, ground balls right. We didn't do it for 10 or 15 minutes. We did it for hours. I mean, it had to be tens of thousands of ground balls, fly balls that we took. Because you see, when you start out, you're just, you're just trying to, to get it right. But as you journey along, and this was a great commercial on ESPN, they, they said amateurs practice until they get it right, professionals practice until they can't get it wrong. And we never get away from these foundations that we're talking about. If anything, the further you journey with Jesus on his way, you just find out that these truths, even these basic truths, just become deeper and deeper and deeper in your life. If I could share a little bit of my story, my, my way, I guess, got surrendered or I found the way of Jesus when I was about 12 years old. Uh, our family had started going to a church in Fairborn, Ohio, just outside of Dayton, and, uh, and I loved it. You know, I was kind of a competitive kid, so I memorized the books of the Bible because I wanted to find Bible verses faster than anybody, and you know, all the Bible quiz games and stuff, like it was just win and dominate. That was kind of like the themes running all through my life, most of my early years in childhood. Um, perhaps now when we're playing games, I don't know. But, but I loved it. But at 12 years old, right before Easter, Friday and Saturday, our, our youth group went to a conference, student conference. And at the end of that conference, they gave an invitation. If anybody wanted to put their life in Jesus's, they could come forward and declare that. And I felt something burning within me, but I just sat there. I didn't go forward. And it bothered me a little bit. I got home, and on that Saturday, and my parents said, you know, how was the, how was the conference? You know, and like most boys, I just like, oh, it was good. That's all I said. But that night, I went to bed, and I said, God, I said, I know all about you. <laughs> At least as a 12-year-old. God, I know all about you. But I don't know you the way they were talking about, but I want to. I want you in my heart, but I understand now what I'm saying is, God, I want to put my heart, give my heart to you, to be in your life. And so I committed myself, the Easter Sunday, that next morning, I would go forward. I would make my own profession of faith. I would be baptized. And, um, but again, I didn't tell any of my family this. And so, you know, we dress up. We have extra family in. We all go to church, sitting in the back, because we hadn't been there long enough to work our way up to a front row pew spot. That's why it's good to start with a new church. Like, you can get up here much quicker. Um, and so the time of invitation comes at the end. I start making my way out of the pew, and my mom grabs my arm, and she says, you can go to the bathroom when church is over. And I said, no, I'm going to go be baptized, give my life to Jesus. And her eyes, it was like one of those deer in the headlights look, and so she just like let go. And I went up and made that profession, was baptized, and that began a journey for me. Uh, I found myself in the flow of God's grace in a different way, and it's just been transforming every day since. Now, not perfectly, right? There's highs, there's lows, there are times when you're really paying attention to how you're abiding and surrendering and giving your life. And there's other times you're maybe tight-fisted holding on to it, and, and that's when we have to bring the course correction. That's where we have to surrender again. That's why we continue to repent to make sure we're not going our way, but going God's way. And here we are today, 
All of our journeys has brought us at least to September 2nd, 2018, standing here today, sitting here together. And the question that Jesus is still asking is which way will you go from here? Whether you've been on the journey for a while, maybe you've just been on it recently, or maybe you're considering for the first time what that journey even is, where will you go today? Because see, I hope the answer isn't, I don't much care where I go. The decision, the commitment, the way of commitment can go a couple of different directions. It can go the way of gap management where we just say, you know what, I'm just going to keep doing it my way. You know, I've got good intentions, but it's just, I'm going to do it. And I think you can do that. You'll just end up a little frustrated. You're going to end up a little tired. You're going to feel the longing. You're, there's something good out there, but you're maybe just not going to quite ever get there. Or you can go the way of God's grace the way of Jesus, who is the way, the truth and the life. And we can apply those words like repent, surrender, to just not have Jesus come into my life, but put your life in Jesus' let him carry you wherever it is that he wants to take you, because that way is good, despite your circumstances. I want to reread those verses that Drake read to us, because Maybe after hearing this, they will sink in maybe a little differently because they're powerful verses. Jesus says, the time has come. The kingdom of God, this new life, he goes, it's here. And now that we know that Jesus says, I am the way, he's like, literally, it's here. The time has come. It's now. I'm right here. Repent. Quit rowing across the stream and believe. And you will find yourself into this new life of the kingdom. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when Jesus had his followers around him, he said, who do people say I am? He said, well, some say John the Baptist, Elijah, a prophet. But then he looked at them and said, well, what about you? And you, and you, and you. Who do you say that I am? And this is why I love Peter's confession. When he said, you are the Messiah, what he's saying is, You are the way. You're the king. You're the Lord. You are the way, and all of life has to be through you. That's what he believed. And right now, I picture Jesus just with us, among us, with those loving eyes, those caring eyes, and asking that same question to us today, who do you say that I am? And it's not as much a question as it's an invitation, like Peter to declare, which way will we go from here? Underneath your seats, there's cards with pens. And as I thought about the close of this series, as I thought about the way of commitment, knowing, hoping, praying that we do care about which way we go from here, I thought about what would some of those ways be? And so I've listed some of them on here. If there's a different one, you're welcome to write that on the back. But I'd like to just share these because I think they're really important. The first way you could go is that I will continue my commitment to the way of Jesus. Some of you are are in the flow. Jesus is not just your Savior, but you're living with him as Lord of your life. And your commitment is, I want to keep going in that direction. It's a good thing. I don't have to feel guilty about it. Like it's... I feel like 
I've given my life and I'm living what Jesus saw to me. Like, I want to commit myself to keep going that way. That's awesome. For some of you, the switch may have gone on and for the first time you're realizing, I want to go the way of God's grace. I, I want to go the way of Jesus for the first time. I'm, I'm committing my life to him. I'm giving my life. I'm going to live into his way of grace beginning today for the rest of my life. Some of you have known the way, but maybe have drifted, right? You've kind of gotten sidelined. You hit the shore a little bit, but it's time to kind of recommit yourself to go down the river of God's grace with Jesus. And so this is more of a time I'm recommitting myself to go the way of God. For some of you, you might be, wow, this is a lot to take in. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm exploring what this means. Um, but that's where I am. I'm exploring. And I want to say that's, that's a great place to be because Jesus says if you seek, you're going to find. Maybe your commitment is that you're, I'm going to keep exploring. Some of you may have questions. Whether you've been on the journey for a while, brand new, you know, figuring it out, you may just say, I would love to just talk to somebody. Eric, I'd love to meet with you or one of the staff or one of the elders. If that's you, just check that box. You might be checking a couple boxes today. But you just want to, would value a conversation to talk more about what does this all mean and how do I live it out? And for some of you, it may be, you know, Jesus said part of being a follower of his is to be baptized. You know, whether it's the water on the head, whether it's being immersed, it, it all has the same meaning that we're, we're laying our life down. It's the surrendering. It's the repentance. It, it symbolizes that we're dying with Christ so that we can be raised with Christ because it's all Jesus' life that we are raised in in baptism. And maybe you haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. But you say, you know what? I'd love to talk more, uh, Eric. I'd love to connect and just say, what would it mean for me to be baptized? And we can talk more about that. Like I said, if you may have a different commitment but I would encourage you to not be like Alice and say, I really don't care which way I go from there because Jesus is saying, who do you say I am? Which way will you go from here? And we put a little place for your name on it. God knows who you are. But I think there's something about just putting our name behind it helps solidify that commitment because when we leave here, we will not leave the same. We won't leave the same. I'm going to give you probably four or five minutes. Dave is going to come up. He's just going to play some music softly behind us and just spend this time in prayer. If you have kids around, uh, perhaps you would just even talk to them and say, you know, you know where, where do you think you are? Do you, are you following Jesus? Do you, are you committed to him? You'll be surprised at what children will even bring. Jesus says, let the little children come to me. But this is your time. And at the end of about four or five minutes, I'm going to lead us into a moment of communion and I'm going to show, tell you what we'll do with these cards as we enter in to the table, which is all about the way of Jesus. Let me pray for us. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. We thank you that you have done for us what we cannot do for ourselves. It's your way of grace and it is all through your son, Jesus Christ, that even gathers us here together that will soon gather us around this table. Reminded of the verse in Galatians where it says, I have been crucified with Christ. I've surrendered. I've laid down my life. 
It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God, here and now in this moment, as people of the way, God, we make our own way of commitment to you. God, I just pray that you will impress your love upon each of our hearts. Help us to find the freedom in you to freely express, Lord, here is my commitment, whatever it is. Because God, heaven rejoices when people commit themselves to your way. So God, we thank you for the kids. We thank you for the families. We thank you for every person gathered in this room. God, we are your church committed to you. And God, we thank you for this time right now.